Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Jamie Loftus. My name is Caitlin Durante. And uh, you know the deal. This is our podcast about the portrayal of women in movies. We use the Bechdel test as a jumping off point to initiate a larger conversation Kate- about the treatment and representation. Yes, Jamie. I have a question. Yes, please. Uh, what is the Bechdel test? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like three years later. I'm like, oh, um, I don't understand um. it. <laughs> what um, if you said it and then I was like, that's not fair. <laughs> that Sounds seems unreasonable. Stupid. Well, okay, wait, what for is it? Jamie, for just you. For my reference, yes. Yes, uh, it is a media metric created by cartoonist Alison Bechtel, sometimes called the Bechtel-Wallace test, sure. in which uh, two female-identifying characters with names mm-hmm. must speak to each other about something other than a man, and by our metric, it has to be at least a two-line exchange of dialogue. Right. Think it'd be easy, usually... It's not, I mean, look at the Oscar nominees. Uh-oh. Tell me, what if so, I hope someone like slides into our DMs and is like, Ford v. Ferrari, pass the Bechdel test, you Eve, but. I didn't see it. Am I? My, what if it did? What if? What if the cars identify as, you know, <laughs> and they ram I mean, at each other? <laughs> They're like, uh, b- boats do. Boats, boats are, boats are, are women. Female, canonically. Are women. <laughs> canonically, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. If anyone knows if Ford v. Ferrari passed the Bechdel test, what a wild ride that would be. <laughs> what ride Don't, yeah because cars because cars Vroom. i know what cars are uh, <laughs> uh, i'm really excited for both our guests and the movie we're covering today we've been getting this request since we started the show and mm-hmm. we were just kind of just waiting for the for the for the right guests to come along yes so i'm very excited yeah we're doing sister act we're doing sister act yeah. 
we're going to deviate a little bit from the format because uh, our guests, we're going to ask some questions and interview a little bit. You got to get to know her. You got to get to know She's her. She's the best. Because she is an urban planner, a community advocate. She served as executive director of Time's Up Entertainment. And currently she is running for Los Angeles City Council District 4. Where we the are. election we for are. We which. We are literally sitting in District 4 as so we speak. At this very moment, the election for which is on March 3rd, 2020. It's Nithya. Raman. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Hi. I'm Thanks. so happy to be here. Thanks we're for so being excited. here. We're also just for our listeners, we're recording literally at Caitlin's house in District 4 yes. right now. I mostly came because I think both of you are constituents. So yes. we are. <laughs> one person, one person at, a time. at a time. One podcast. One person. It's a real grassroots <laughs> movement. So if you're an LA listener and you live in that district, perk your ears up extra. But everyone just Listen, Listen up, up, okay? Yeah, Nithya, we're so excited you're here. Yes, uh, we're so happy. We're big fans. Yay! Um, Likewise. So, um, yeah, I wanted to just start about uh, by talking about what motivated you to run for city council. What, what you know, made the decision to leave your day job and uh, start campaigning? Well, it was not. It's definitely not something I've been thinking about my whole life. So it was a big decision for me. Um, I also have two little kids. I have four-year-old twins. Aww. Wow. Oh They're very cute right now. <laughs> After uh, initial hard hard period oh, when they were yes. infants. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now they're... They're ad- people now. They're people. They're adorable. They're so fun. And the campaign takes me away from them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I left a very good job at... Um, very exciting job at Time's Up to come do this. But I'm running for two reasons. Uh, one is I, I was pretty angry about how the city was responding to the issue of homelessness mm-hmm. uh, and the broader housing crisis that homelessness is just you know one part of. Mm-hmm. And I uh, started a homeless coalition in my neighborhood. I worked at City Hall a few years ago and wrote a report about the city's response on homelessness. And my report at that time found that the city was already spending more than $100 million on homelessness, mm-hmm. but that the majority of the money was actually going to putting homeless individuals in jail and then oh releasing them. Okay. A policy which is both incredibly cruel and ineffective, as right. you can see by the growth of homelessness in Los Angeles. Right. Five years later, at that time, there were 23,000 people experiencing homelessness. Now there's almost 37,000 in the city of Los oh, Angeles. Wow. So it's grown by 14,000 in five years, uh-huh. which is a staggering increase. Yeah. And to me, you know, I left City Hall. I had twins. I left the workforce for a little while. But while I was at home, I s- helped start this homeless coalition in my neighborhood, which actually serves Los Feliz as well. Oh, okay. uh, and it's called SELA. We started as a group of neighbors who were getting together, doing volunteer outreach and getting to know people who lived on the streets in, in our neighborhoods. So Los mm-hmm. Feliz, Silver Lake, Echo Park, a bunch of neighborhoods that were right near the river. There's a lot of encampments near the river. And mm-hmm. these were all areas where there were no people experiencing homelessness living out outdoors before at all this was Mm -hmm. new and so I think a group of people who were like what do we do you know this is happening and we don't know what to do we got together and started doing outreach Uh, and we would go out and talk to people who were living in encampments get to know them by name Mm -hmm. we'd bring food and water and we would try and learn from them you know more about them and their stories and how they ended up there but also what was preventing them from getting back into stable housing Mm -hmm. and as we learned about the situation that they experienced on the ground what we realized was that the city had made it incredibly difficult once they were experiencing homelessness for them to actually get back into housing. Mm-hmm. So in that whole region, so we served an area stretching from Los Feliz all the way to Cypress Park. So if you know L.A., that's right. a huge area yeah. of the city. Yeah. There was no walk-in shelter beds. 
There was not a single shower that they could go use. There was not a, really a bathroom where they were welcomed. There was not a drop-in case manager. Like if you wanted help and you wanted to talk to somebody to get the help that you needed, mm-hmm. whether it be case management work, whether it be mental health support, whether it be addiction counseling, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you needed help with, it was not available for you anywhere in this entire area. Okay. So I, I started looking at the system that we had created around homelessness. And I knew this from my work at City Hall, but it was mm. made so much more real to me once I was looking at it from the perspective of someone who was actually experiencing homelessness, mm-hmm. was that the system we set up in L.A. was not really designed to help people. It was designed basically by people who don't care about yeah, this issue. Right. And I just thought... Here I am, I have a full-time job, I have two little kids, and all these other volunteers who are running the SELA program also do. Mm -hmm. And we kept asking the city for a drop-in center with a shower and a a hot meal and and access to case management for the area. They ignored us, they wouldn't even meet with us, our council members wouldn't even really meet with (laughs) us. Finally, we did it ourselves, we raised money, we we applied for grants, we held a fundraiser, and we started operating a one-day-a-week drop-in center, which has now grown to four sites. That's amazing. Yeah, in, so in cool. Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. And I just started thinking if the people who were in power felt any amount of the sense of urgency that I do and that mm-hmm. you know all of these other volunteers did around this issue, I think we would just be facing a very different situation in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. that's when I started thinking about running. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm trained as an urban planner. I've thought about cities and I've worked on cities for pretty much my entire career, except for my time at Time's Up. So, and the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. And then the second reason is actually that I wanted to run was because this election is actually an incredible opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like we have a chance right now to invite a lot more people into the municipal election, which has historically had very, very low participation rates in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Now it's going to coincide with the federal elections for the first time. So it's on Super Tuesday. Uh Yeah. And I'm sure everyone's planning to vote on Super Tuesday. Yeah. So we have an opportunity to invite a lot more people into the municipal political process to say, like, when you're going out there and voting for whoever you want to vote for, you should care about this and you can transform what you see around you. Like mm-hmm. what you look, mm-hmm. what you see on the streets in L.A., what you see here right now, if this is not acceptable to you, and I know it's not to most people, right? our message to them is you have a moment right now to completely transform it. Oh, that's so, so exciting. Yay. Oh. We're, we're very, very, very grateful you're running because... Truly, like every like, um, I mean, you can you can check out Nithya's website, nithyaforthecity.com, for all of her policies in detail. But it just it seems like it just stands to improve, literally. I mean, ev- everyone's life in District Four. So mm-hmm. we're very excited about it. Yes, um, I think something that uh, our listeners are always trying to figure out. Um, how to do is is um, do you have any I guess advice for like the average citizen who's just trying to be more involved and be more engaged in local issues especially I think that yeah like you were saying I mean Super Tuesday um, is such a huge opportunity for awareness um, what can the average person do to be engaged specifically in LA or um, anywhere I mean it, let's let's go for LA well I I think yeah I would just Dig into a little bit more this idea that part of the reason why we have an L.A. that feels right now incredibly hostile Mm -hmm. to lower income residents, Mm -hmm. whether it be looking through how we serve our homeless residents or whether it be looking at how we're dealing with a massive increase in rental prices Mm -hmm. that has far outpaced incomes. Mm -hmm. Like our city can do a lot to help tenants. Our city can do a lot to help people who are 
on the verge of becoming homeless. Mm -hmm. And over and over again, they have looked away from those powers and responsibilities. And I feel like, I think if you're somebody who's living in LA particularly, I think it's really important to understand what powers our local officials have, whether it be at the council or whether it be at the supervisors, and get involved in those races and make Mm -hmm. sure that we're voting in candidates whose values you believe in and trust. Because right now, we have a political system in Los Angeles that's really ossified. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it's like a, like I've been interacting with it now and it feels like you're up against some, it's like whenever I deal with any aspect of the traditional system, it feels like I've gone back in time to three decades. Oh, it's so terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) It's like all men, like there's only two elected representatives out of uh, 18 total electeds at city hall. So 15 council members and city attorney mayor and a city controller. Mm -hmm. So only two out of those out of that 18 are women. Mm. Uh, It's just like very clubby culture where everybody knows each other. But just a little bit of engagement from residents could completely transform that. And it has. So in recent weeks and months, we've seen both at the city and the county that advocacy by either homelessness advocates who want to see a reduction in punitive responses to homelessness Mm -hmm. and um, push for a more compassionate response Mm -hmm. have shown up at City Hall and protested and changed policy. Wow. Which, That's amazing. Yeah, which is incredible. Yeah. And then at the county level, we've seen this huge criminal justice reform movement that has actually stopped the construction of a $3.5 billion, men- it was called a mental health jail. I mean, it was right. a mental health facility, but it was really another big jail. Wow. And now they have another measure on the ballot called Measure R, which everyone should get informed about. Mm-hmm. But in both of those situations, we've seen that involvement, engagement by residents mm-hmm. can change things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't take much, you right. know? So if you can show up to like one, pro- get on a mailing list, show up to one protest, yeah, you know? And just having those numbers, invite a couple of friends to it right. and then go to brunch afterwards. I was like, yeah, make, make a day, a day of, of it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, yeah. so, so even little things like I, I love doing service. Like I love the idea of, and we invite lots of volunteers in the coalition that I started here in, in Silver Lake and Los Feliz mm-hmm. to come in and make food or to, you know, set up that whole shower program that we do weekly. Yeah. And that's a great opportunity. But if you want to change the systems that result in us having to do that kind of volunteer work week after week, mm-hmm. then you have to go to City Hall or you have to go to the Board of Supervisors and right. like show up and protest and make the change that's going to change the system. So yeah. that's what I would say to people who are getting involved is like get informed and mm-hmm. get involved in advocacy because that can transform the city. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. That was, I feel like I'm talking for way too long. <laughs> no, no, that's why we, we are asking you questions. <laughs> that's, that's how that works. <laughs> yeah. You should get, have a sign or something where you're like, you know, just like scratch your nose when you're like, no, this is, you've no. gone on too long. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, we're also, I mean, just because of what our show is about, we're, we're um, curious about your time with Time's Up and um, what, what was that experience like and what coming from City Hall to uh, being a stay-at-home mom to going to Time's Up, what what sort of brought you there? Um, what brought me there was not particularly exciting. I just, somebody sent me the job listing and I applied. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they wanted me because, I'm guessing, I don't have a lot of insight, but I think they were excited about the fact that I had taken advocacy 
and transformed it into either concrete programs or concrete policy changes mm-hmm. um, in the past. And sure. I think they were hoping that I could do something similar there, which um, I'm very proud to say that we did. Yeah. So in the in the year, a little more than a year that I was the ED, we put together this incredible mentorship program for the executive and producer pipeline. Mm. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah, and we actually took the money for that came out of Les Moonves' settlement. Uh, yes. Which I was like, uh, yes. Uh, love <laughs> that yes. knife twist. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's so great. <laughs> so we had an opportunity to apply for that money, so I was like, we have this amazing program already in place, so I applied for that funding, and we were able to set it up, and it was incredible. We have an incredible group of people who are associated with it, but it essentially supports people who don't necessarily have the industry connections Mm -hmm. as who are assistants or junior executives in that pipeline Mm -hmm. sure and gives them this incredible network and an intensive mentorship relationship to help them move ahead that's great it was a really cool program and it's also it has a very unique thing which I think is relevant in the context of this pay up Hollywood Mm -hmm. yeah you know this movement to talk about how little so we had a ten thousand dollar stipend in that program Mm -hmm. that would be given to anyone who was selected for it because we knew that if you came in and you were getting paid minimum wage or whatever these right you know agencies or production companies pay you you wouldn't necessarily have the money to go out and have drinks Mm -hmm. which is where you like make the relationships that get you you know so I think it was a program that was designed really well, but also really acknowledged the realities of Hollywood and what yeah. it takes yeah. to get ahead in the industry. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and we had a couple of other, we just released these resources um, for performers on sets, mm-hmm. telling you exactly what your rights are when you go out and do a audition. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and we th- we compiled all of these resources from different places, and I, I kickstarted that project, and it was released after I left, but it was very, very important to me that people who are new to the industry knew not just what their rights were, but where they could turn if they needed help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did that. Um, but I would say my broader experience of being at Time's Up was really fascinating because as a relative outsider to the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and someone who had come from an advocacy nonprofit background, mm-hmm. I was, and I don't know whether your experience, are, you're both like in the, in, you consider yourselves in the industry, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Peripherally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I maybe, I mean, I would be curious about, your experience, but I felt like the industry's really conservative. I mean, I think, yeah, it feels like a vested interest in like making it not look that way. But then once you actually start to talk to people, you're like, oh, this is actually very fucked up. Interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the Time's Up moment and movement and the Me Too activism and a lot of organizing that's now happened, not related to Time's Up necessarily, although some of it did happen under the Time's Up umbrella Mm -hmm. around like women of color coming together Mm -hmm. or different groups that have kind of been ignored or left out in some ways. I feel like that is pushing for some changes, but I was kind of surprised at how conservative the industry was and how a lot of it I think is related to the way in which you get a job. So Mm -hmm you tolerate abuse because if you speak out not just sexual misconduct but any Mm. like just like somebody yelling at you or throwing stuff or whatever aggressively long working hours or whatever it is Mm. because your next job depends on this person's referral yes right and that's that's basically like you're a freelancer but you're in a union if you're lucky Uh (laughs) yeah if you're lucky but it and in a fairly small industry where everybody knows each other and that's just a recipe for I think really bad can be a recipe for really bad working conditions so I was really excited to be in a position where we were bringing workers together and talking about workers rights yeah Mm -hmm. you know and I think sometimes entertainment industry people didn't think about themselves as 
workers and didn't right. think about themselves as having workers rights because right. that's like a different absolutely you know and so it's like exciting to be like hey you're a writer but that's work yeah that's work yeah. and <laughs> you deserve to be treated in a particular way so it was it was cool it was a really exciting moment in yeah uh, history I guess yeah. <laughs> like exciting to be a part of it and play some small role in in it of course that's so amazing yeah um is there is there anything else you'd like for us to touch on before we start talking sister act and uh, I guess I would just say to the residents of Los Angeles yes you look around you see a city that I think is really struggling we have a massive homelessness crisis we have rising rents we have bad air we have unsafe streets mm-hmm. and I could go on and on and on but all of these things are solvable mm-hmm. and all of these things are completely surmountable if we have the right people in office. And I'm here to tell you that you deserve better. Yes. <laughs> oh, and I feel like I that can't. probably applies to most cities yes. in the yeah. U.S. Like it's not this is not an L.A. specific thing. There's so if you don't live in L.A., get informed. Mm-hmm. God damn you deserve it. better, too. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to vote for you. So thank you for thank we're you really guys. happy that you're here. Yes. Um, oh, and I had one, I had one fun question, Okay, which is, okay, so you have two young kids at home. Yep. Um, what is something that you like, cause we're always trying to like, our whole show is just basically like the media that, uh, messed with our brains as children and talking about it now. Is there something that you can watch with your kids that you're like, I feel good about this. So my kids actually only have watched with any desire, mm-hmm. two things. Ooh. One is Daniel Tiger, <gasps> yes. which is the cartoon des- derived from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is so simplistic and it's so sweet and lovely. Mm-hmm. And it's so boring. <laughs> it's but very I can't, boring. I can't. Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've like babysat kids watching Daniel Tiger. And I'm like, well, nothing, you know, it's it, nothing bad is happening, but what is happening? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the only other thing that they watch, and I have a boy and a girl, boy and girl twins, mm-hmm. and um, the only other thing that they watch is Frozen. Oh, all right. I mean, that's we've covered that. We have. You know, oh, yeah. it, it does pretty well, Sisterhood. Yep. You yeah. love to see it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I mean, we're always just looking to because we're like, we don't know what to recommend to parents who listen to the show. Right. Um, so if you if you haven't heard of Daniel Tiger or Frozen, <laughs> <laughs> now's the to time. the two humans. <laughs> In, uh, in America, who haven't heard of Frozen? Yes, <laughs> you gotta check it out. Uh, people can't can't stop talking about it. Right. I haven't. Did you see this? I didn't see the second one. I did see the second. Is one. Is that the second one? Alfred Molina voices a character. I know, in it. my king. Um, there's there's an interesting conversation to be had about that movie as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get to it someday. All right, great. In the meantime, listen to our Frozen One episode. Yeah, everybody. Well, I'll actually I'll download. I didn't know you had done Frozen One. I'll, oh, download, oh, yeah. I'll download that and listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but now let's uh, let's let's pivot into the rest of the show. We're talking about Sister Act. That's right. Before we do, let's take a quick break first, and then we'll be right back. Tired of restless nights. Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back! Okay, so, we're talking Sister Act. Mm-hmm. It's a movie. It can't... <laughs> what? What's a movie, Jen? Now, hold on. Now, hold on. Bear with me. We're Today, we're talking we're about talking a movie, about a baby. movie? We are talking about a feature-length film. Uh, it came out in 1992. Mm-hmm. It stars Whoopi Goldberg. It's called Sister Act. Uh, Nithya, what is your experience with this movie? When did you first see it? Your relationship. All yes. of that. Oh, shoot. I, I don't even... I've seen it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I was rewatched it before coming here today yeah. and mm-hmm. I realized I knew lines. I knew, <laughs> nice. you know, like I have watched, you know, I've just, it's been so much a part of like rerun. Yeah. yeah. Go home on the couch. Oh, sister acts on. I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> right. nice. I'm like, if you, if anyone has ever just like had TBS, you've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Like there, there were certain moments where I had like I have a similar experience with it where I I really liked it when I was a kid and then just like as I got older I just would like see it every once in a while till like some point in the movies I'm like oh that's a commercial break you know like <laughs> like that kind of movie that's on TV all the time yeah yeah I don't know I'd never watched it with like any critical lens before I just was like I like it mm-hmm. and uh, I was so pleasantly surprised watching it with a critical lens there's so much to love about this movie it's oh my gosh it's, true. So it's a romp it's a Number romp one. Oh, baby <laughs> 10 is it out a of romp. 10 on the Caitlin rompometer yeah. <laughs> um, what's your history with the movie Caitlin I had seen it I believe once when it came out mm-hmm. at a drive-in movie theater I would have been about six. Oh, that sounds like such a fun um, way to see this but because movie. I was well here's the thing I was young and rambunctious and because we were in the confines of a car and not like in a theater where we had to respect other people's you know time and attention uh-huh. I don't think I paid any attention to the movie oh whoops. um whoopsies so I felt like I hadn't really seen this movie 
for the first time until about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I haven't seen sis. I've seen doubt that other non movie. This, but- the, yeah. The sister movie. It's a sister act is doubt. <laughs> there was, I have a whole thing. Cause I like, maybe unfortunately doubt is for some reason, one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's so depressing. <laughs> that is the right reaction. But yes. the, yeah, that is correct. <laughs> I really, I don't like, I came out when I was 15 and I saw it in theaters twice. Why? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, but there were a lot of them like, Oh, this is just like doubt without all the problems. Yeah, it really is. Right. You've got your Meryl character. You've got your Amy Adams character. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, you don't have your Philip Seymour Hoffman character. Right. And that's the makings of a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, yeah, I had only seen this movie really for the first time until uh, like about a year ago because um, mm-hmm. I was like, I can't. Have I never seen? Do I not, What is Sister Act? So uh, I watched it and I was like, what a fun movie. I like I didn't realize that was the story. I thought that like Whoopi Goldberg was already a nun. I didn't realize that she was like in hiding as a nun. So I was like, oh, what fun. I do. I do always forget that there is a murder right There's at the beginning. There's a brutal murder. <laughs> and then like two seconds later, the music gets very silly. Yes. Yes, it <laughs> like does. Like they're like, oh, she's got to get out of there. It's like, do, 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 do. The 90s were wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So should I do the recap and we'll go from there? Yeah. Okay, so um, we first see Dolores Van Cartier, that's Mm -hmm. of course Whoopi Goldberg, Mm -hmm. uh, as a kid in Catholic school. She's not taking it seriously. Uh, We cut to her as an adult then. She's a lounge singer in Reno, Nevada. Ever heard of it? Sort of. (laughs) Yeah. I hadn't really seen, I'm like, this movie made me want to go to Reno. I've never been. Um, I've seen a lot of seasons of Reno 911, and that makes me not want to go to Reno. (laughs) I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that where you go to get like an old time? divorce or something that used to be like the hot spot for yeah. like I think oh, that's a quickie where they go. divorce yeah, yeah. Right, you could right. have to go anywhere in Nevada oh right? okay right I think so right. I think that like that was I feel like I've I don't know I think that's the movie the women they go to Reno I think yes they do that movie is so weird yeah we well, we have to do it someday anyway yeah if you want to get married very quickly or divorce very quickly go to Nevada that's the place anyway so that's where she's based and she is together with uh Vince LaRocca that's Harvey Keitel's character playing to type in but like he, every way right yeah um he has a his wife he's he's married to someone else yeah. uh, and doesn't want to leave her for Dolores so she's like screw it I'm leaving you and I'm getting out of here but right when she goes to tell him that she's leaving, she witnesses him and his goons murdering another goon of his. So not wanting any witnesses to his crimes, Vince mm-hmm. sends his goons after Dolores to kill her. And then the fun music starts playing. She's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she gets out. She gets away. She goes to the police and they're like, wait, you're with Vince LaRocca. He's this big organized crime guy and we're trying to put him away. So if you're willing to testify, we can do that. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we have to put you in witness protection until this court date. Right. So they got to do the movie. They gotta get there's got to be a movie. Yeah. So Lieutenant Souther puts her in a convent in San Francisco and she has to pretend to be a nun. And the hijinks ensue, baby. Um, Reverend Mother... Boy, do they. (laughs) (laughs) They're so good. (laughs) Reverend Mother, played by Maggie Smith, uh, she's the only one who knows who Dolores really is and everyone else in the convent thinks that she is a nun named Sister Mary Clarence. She's basically Meryl in doubt 
for all my doubt heads Ooh, out Maggie, there. Maggie <laughs> Smith. Maggie Smith yes. is the Meryl Ann Lockyer. Sister Aloysius. Yes. She's yeah. your, oh yes, that's, I see, I couldn't have remembered that and it's allegedly my favorite movie. Um, <laughs> so she meets the other nuns, including mm-hmm. Mary Patrick, uh, who is Kathy Najimi. Yes. She's very cheerful. And She's then there's so a young nun who is dressed differently, and I don't know enough about Catholicism to know why. I don't know either. <laughs> but she is a Sister Mary Robert. She's a junior nun. Yeah, it's, it's like when like... you're like a brownie, and then like a junior, and like a daisy, and then a brownie, and then a <laughs> people junior. who grew up Catholic are like, shut it's up. Like the Girl <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the Girl Scouts. It's basically, the Catholic Church operates uh, just like um, horrible the Girl Scouts. <laughs> And then we see them in like the church service. The nuns are singing in a choir. They're really bad. No one's attending the services. Reverend Mother doesn't want any of the nuns going outside because it's a dangerous neighborhood, I guess, or she mm-hmm. she thinks it is. Um, and then Dolores is trying to adjust to all of this, but she's not good at being a nun. No, believe it or not, she was born to stand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Vince realizes that Lieutenant Souther must have Dolores, so he puts out like a hit on her for a lot of money. So now a bunch of like sleazy bad guys are out looking for her. Right. And then there's a rat in the police department. Someone is leaking info to the bad guys. This is uh, all like plot that you're just like, I guess. Sure. <laughs> like, I just mostly want to see the nuns, but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess there's got to be a climax to the movie. Yeah. And then back at the convent, Reverend Mother is like, hey, Dolores, since you have a background in music, you're going to join the choir. And she, she does. She makes it sound like a punishment, but I'm like, that yeah. sounds like the best part of being a nun. Right. <laughs> and she helps the nuns become better singers. She kind of helps mm-hmm. update the music choices. She's mixing genres. She, yes. She's giving, I love that like long scene where she's like coaching them and they're listening and she's, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then because their music is so exciting now it's bringing people into the church right. and people are, are actually fill, the butts are filling the seats there's very like moments where you know like in a movie where they're like young people enter and they're dressed in a very like young person way <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a lot of young people enter moments and the and the reverend's like oh young people are entering right welcome have yeah. a seat youngs yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, it's like, I don't know what the costume design situation was, but I'm like, oh, definitely a young person palette going on here. What was also weird was that I feel like style has come back around so that when the young people entered, I was like, I want that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And also this movie takes place in San Francisco. I spent a lot of time being like, where are they? (laughs) I don't like we were just my boyfriend and I were just like, they could be. Um, I don't know. I didn't guess San Francisco. And Mm -hmm. then at some point they they mentioned it. it. Yeah. 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 I think there was a shot of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And And so that was like the only indicator. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's also at this time that they're going out into San Francisco, into the neighborhood, and they're help trying to turn it around. There's a porn store and they're like, don't go in here. And then then the Pope hears about how good the choir is. And he's like, I'm going to come see a concert. Because Popes are, are good. They're good in and, and yes, the, Yeah, right. Popes are, the, they're fine. They're, f- they're fine. fine. They're fine. Great um, judges of music. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is a, this is a happening Pope. Right? 
but it's also at this time when Lieutenant Souther is like, hey, we got you your court date, Dolores. You don't have to really be in the convent anymore. But then it's also at this point where Vince finds out where Dolores is. And because sends, of the mole. Because of the mole. Right. And then you're like, right, the, the mole. mole. I right. about it, the pay, mole. <laughs> it pays off. I know. I was so, like shocked. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> So Vince sends his goons to kidnap Dolores and bring her back to Reno. Mm -hmm. And then the nuns find out that Dolores isn't actually a nun. So then they charter a helicopter to fly to Reno to help save her. And then there's this whole big chase scene. Uh, Dolores punches the goons in the nuts. (laughs) Escapes. More hijinks. More hijinks. More hijinks. More silly music. (laughs) And then finally the cops uh, stop the bad guys and arrest them. And then the nuns go back to San Francisco to do their concert for the Pope. And he loves it. He gives them a standing ovation. (laughs) It's so good. And then at the end, I forgot at the end, there's like that freeze frame. And then it switches to a people magazine. And it's like, guess what? (laughs) Like witness protection, none or whatever it says. But I was like, what a silly, fun way to end a silly, fun movie. Yep. So yeah, that's the story. That's the story. Where should we start? I just wanted to start with a fun fact that I learned. Yes. Which is the actor who plays Pope John Paul II in this movie. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, who is this? I've never heard of this person. Apparently, his entire career was playing Pope John Paul II in various things. He's credited on like 20 things. And it's all is Pope John Paul II. He was Pope John Paul II on Alf. He was <laughs> he was on Ally McBeal as the Pope. He was on Murphy Brown as the Pope. He was on Golden Girls as the Pope. He was on everything yeah, as. Yeah, but is he in the two popes? He was no, he's dead. Oh, so so they had to get Anthony Hopkins. I have no idea. They, what that yeah, they called him. Maybe in. he was like a Pope impersonator. That was his job, and right. then someone just saw him and was like, "Oh, you should just play the Pope." Where we just have you standing, yeah. not saying anything. <laughs> and by all accounts, the Pope thought he did a great job. They're like, like he was like, that's a good representation of me, the Pope. <laughs> um, so that's, well, that's, I guess that's all I have to say. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, for me, I thought this movie held up quite well. And so, I, yeah. I well, think it right? has a lot so to well. do with it only being, being rated PG. So there's not a lot of like... Because a lot of the movies that end up being, especially comedies that end up being wildly problematic and toxic is because they have freer reign to make, you know, just racist jokes and homophobic jokes because right. they're, you know, R-rated and, and stuff like that. I don't know if that's the only reason why it holds up very well, but I'm like, oh, you know, this is a movie for like kids and families. And- yeah. But, I've watched uh, it more than once with my mom. Yeah. Aw. Uh, yeah. It's such a pure we watch. Love it. When, whenever it's on TV, both Sister Act is on. There truly is something for everyone something in this movie. Something for everybody. Uh, it, directed by, oh, I want to get his name right, Emil Ardolino, who also directed Dirty Dancing. Okay. Was yeah. his other big, so he's, this guy's just churning out classics. Yeah, wow. It was also, uh, I, I was watching it, I was almost, I, I waited to do the research until I just wanted to like have fun watching mm-hmm. it. And I was like, this movie is so good that I think it may have even been written by a woman. Uh, but it wasn't. It oh. was uh, written by a man who did a good job. Yes. <laughs> Imagine that. But Imagine then I'll, that. I also read that it went through a few different rewrites. Yes. Some of the screenwriters who were brought on. Carrie Fisher. Was maybe? Carrie Fisher and Nancy Myers. Yeah. 
So, wow. which is yeah. Uh, huh. Carrie Fisher has punched up some of the some of the best movies uh, that you'd never think she was involved in. It's true. She's the coolest. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this movie largely is just about. It's very female driven. The men are either uh, the Pope. <laughs> The priest who's in a couple scenes and then the bad guys. Uh, But aside from that, it's like just a very female driven story. You know, Whoopi Goldberg is the lead is. I feel like she's at her peak here. Yes. She's the peak of her Whoopi Goldberg like powers. (laughs) And I loved that. I remember I look, you know, I was watching it and I remember seeing her in the movie and she's this you know, sexual being, Mm -hmm. you know, who's the love interest for Harvey Keitel. Mm -hmm. And I remember being really excited that there was a, I don't know, I just, I was like, oh, excited. You know, I'm dark skinned Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. to see her as this like very attractive, you know, and I don't know, it was great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like really exciting to see that when I was young and totally. Yeah. And it was an audience, it was not directed just towards black audiences. I mean, it was for everybody and, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, and that was exciting for me. I remember that. That's great. Yeah. 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 And those things are hot. There's hot. Those things are hot. Yeah. Yeah. And I also read that this was originally written for Bette Midler, Midler, who, you know, that it would have been a fine, it would have been a good movie, I'm sure still, but like Whoopi kills it she kills it yeah she absolutely kills it it's so good and and what you said Nithya it goes to show like why casting diverse casts is important for representation yeah yeah this is like I you know when did Friends start airing of 94 yeah oh so later but still you know like (laughs) I think it took Friends how many seasons to have a Oh, my oh with like Aisha black, Tyler? Yeah, with like a black right. love interest. So long. So long. long. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's like, yeah, Whoopi, the impact of Whoopi could, I mean, we could go on for days. Yeah. She's amazing. She's like done like such good advocacy over the years too. And, but just like, yeah, just by like being herself and owning this role and like being sexual, being capable, being like just like strong-willed and and especially in this movie that's built around sisterhood is like so cool and impactful. And mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. was really excited yeah. that they didn't have a romantic moment between the police officer and, the and, her. and her. Yeah. yeah. It seems like there were a few moments where I'm like, Oh, oh are no. they going to do it? Oh, no. I was relieved though. Yeah. yeah. They were just mutually respectful. <laughs> yeah. <friends. laughs> right. It would have been like, pretty inappropriate had they gotten together it would have blown the case <laughs> right. first of all yes exactly <laughs> that's, a that's a great point <laughs> what have been a real problem for prosecuting yeah. harvey Keitel? <laughs> to offer a bit of criticism about not necessarily the movie but his character he sort of does blow it when he's like there's a scene where like harvey Keitel and his goons are like walking around and then lieutenant souther is like hey uh, you're going down i got you you know something's going something happened and and i'm gonna get you and why would he be so confident if he didn't have dolores in his like protections and and that's what gets harvey keitel to be like oh he must have dolores we have to go kill her (laughs) so it's just like his like male ego was just it it's part of why whoopi was in even more danger God so, damn it, Souther! You know, Souther, you, you know, should have played it cool. Get his ego under control. I, but it, I mean, I thought his character w- was yeah, really yeah. cool. And <laughs> in his so defense, lovable. Right. he's so yeah. Where it's like I feel like they were almost. 
and I'm like, maybe this is just like speaking to how a lot of movies, like how we've been like, like unconsciously trained to interpret movies. But I thought that he was going to be positioned as a love interest strictly because he was nice to her. Yeah. Which I'm like, <laughs> right. that doesn't bode well right. for how movies are written. Because he was just like nice to her like he was sympathetic to her situation like there were some moments where he's like well deal with it but in general like he came to her show when he was like hey probably don't do this she's like okay but are you gonna come he's like yeah it looks pretty cool like (laughs) he just seemed like a supportive kind person and so yeah when I kept thinking I'm like oh I think he's good to be the love interest I'm like I think I just think that because when men are kind to women especially in movies of this time you're kind of trained to think that they're going to want something out of it. Right. I guess. And it's just that's such a it. common like studio note to be like, wait, there's not a hetero romance in this movie. Well, then what are we even doing? Put it in there. I hope. And, and that also, I mean, we can't say this for sure, but it, I, I just know that like historically Whoopi Goldberg has always had a lot of say on like what goes into her starring mm. vehicles and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So she also has a lot of, you know, power where, you have to imagine that suggestion was made. And then, I mean, it didn't fit into the story. You didn't right. need it. And and also, she's got to stay a nun, right? right. She's like, celibate now. Great yeah, point. right. Great so, Southie doesn't stand a chance against God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the love story. There. <laughs> right, she does get married to Jesus. So, Jesus. I, there's still a hetero romance in this movie. Of yeah. sorts, yes. <laughs> Great points. (laughs) Um, We got to take another quick break, but then we'll come right back. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back. Um, Something I wanted to touch on is, so we do often see in a lot of movies, women being kidnapped, danzled, fridged, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a kidnapping in this movie, but normally the movies we tend to see, and especially, you know, action and superhero movies, Mm -hmm. um, when a woman is kidnapped, it's to raise the stakes for the male hero. And then he has to go and rescue her and to like be more heroic. In this movie, two women are kidnapped. um, And Whoopi saves them both. Yeah. At first she saves, (laughs) uh, she helps Mary Robert escape and get away. And then Dolores gets away on her own. Yeah. Um, I'm impressed that you can keep all the names of the nuns straight because oh I just I mean it's only because I, I just them watched down. it yeah we watched it <laughs> already like who is Mary Robert is nun she's the young one she's the yeah the bangs, bangs. Not, yeah, yeah. Bangs. Bangs. <laughs> exactly where yeah. is the spinoff <laughs> bangs yeah. nun. bangs nun we already have what is it what is the cool pope what's that show I oh there watched. was the young pope and now young it's called the now there's popes. a spinoff called i think it's like the new pope give that... the people bangs nun <laughs> we need bangs nun yes none none representation has been down since the 90s it's true except for doubt except for doubt right but... let's not that's doubt erasure that was embarrassing <laughs> how dare me. you um but yeah it that that whole sequence is Again, you're sort of like knowing the time it came out. You're like, oh, no, is that, you know, is it I like you half expect Souther to, you know, burst in or mm-hmm. just based on what you've seen before. But and I feel like like it because it like is still a testament to like Whoopi Goldberg, where you just always get the feeling whenever you see her on screen that she is going to be able to save herself. Like mm-hmm. is she and mm-hmm. and that scene where she is able to like get Mary Robert to tumble out of the car and like and not die and not die <laughs> that could have ended very badly sure uh, well they, she did it when they slowed yes true they were approaching yeah, a true. stop they were sign approaching a stop sign and she's mm-hmm. okay go save yourself i'll take care of you. Yeah. this she's, is not your problem <laughs> right mine. i'm like oh she's maybe she's done this before reno seems wild right uh but she's able to like save her friend and then yeah and then save herself like it it, that's, that's how yeah. things you know it's cool to there see there is the moment at the very end when uh, Harvey Keitel is about to shoot her and then um, Souther comes in yeah. and shoots him instead so right. technically that's right. a bit of a rescue but because we've already seen Whoopi get away on her own twice now already mm-hmm. at the very beginning and then again at the end it didn't feel like a, oh she's like constantly being damseled or saved by a man right. and also like that's his job as a police officer to like yeah it's per- also like not- the first time we've seen like it was like we got to see Souther succeed at some point because he's just been accidentally selling her out the entire movie by being a good friend yeah um Um, yeah another thing I think is worth talking about is a big component of this movie is like female relationships and female friendships that develop Mm -hmm. um there are some relationships between women where there is some tension 
which we're always like careful to analyze and see, okay, well, is it warranted or is there any context for, because yeah, it's like sometimes we'll see, I think like a kind of modern trend that we'll sometimes see is like, like movies full of female relationships where there's never been a problem and you're like well this doesn't feel real either Mm -hmm. what what I really liked about this movie is that with these female relationships you are generally getting enough context on the character to understand where because it's like that the relationship between Maggie Smith and Whoopi Goldberg could have been so like reductive and basic and like cartoony this nun is mean this (laughs) nun is fun right Uh, (laughs) But with even with Maggie Smith's character, you get a con like that scene towards the end where she explains where she's coming from mm-hmm. and like she has these insecurities about being obsolete mm-hmm. and not belonging. And you're just like, oh, you know, you, you get the into her character. And I feel like you kind of get the same for Dolores for the most part, too. Yeah, for sure. It was so nice. Yeah. And all the other like nuns it. are so nice to her just I immediately. Know. Love her. You, they love her. They <sighs> welcome her. Uh-huh. They follow her out to the bar <laughs> across the street. <laughs> I was like, God, these nuns are so desperate to do something because the second they were like, wait, where's she going? We should go. <laughs> yeah. we should go. It's probably fun. Let's go to this biker bar. Yeah. <laughs> I did have one question. Is Maggie Smith a British actress? Yes. Yes. Okay. But I, it's I, it's funny because in a lot of movies, I feel like with nuns, I, not, I haven't seen as, probably as many as you. but <laughs> Two. Um, <laughs> I, well, I haven't seen Doubt. So. Uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like nuns often have british accents for some reason but maybe it was yeah. just because maggie and because it was both maggie smith and the priest who was involved he was right? irish yeah he I was think. yeah he was not yeah the two heads of the church were not american right but they were in san francisco and no effort was really made <laughs> right. to be like, like why are they here <laughs> i do think that there's sometimes this like doofus brain thing in american culture where they're like okay how do we make this character sound authoritative let's just hire someone british like <laughs> probably like they're they should have hired alfred molina we should that's true <laughs> they're i mean that we're okay in addition to bangs nun we need a, a show this sounds like a show that would exist american nun <laughs> <laughs> You put American before anything, it probably exists already. Or good. good. How many shows? <laughs> the, good uh, the good place. The good, place, nun, the the good, good doctor. Nun. The good wife. The we good need nun. the good nun. I want the bad nun. <laughs> um, that also. Bad teacher. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I guess bad also. Bad. There's other bads, right? Or is it just there's bad gotta teacher? Be. Or like the something girl. Bad boys. And, but then there's also a movie called Good Boys. <gasps> there's a movie. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. That it's just came the, out. Yeah. yeah. What is going on? People... <laughs> There's there's also the blank girl. There's so many the blank girl. Uh, the new girl. The Danish girl. Others. <laughs> Amongst other titles. <laughs> See that great point that just happened. Um, but yeah, uh, Nidia, like you were saying, the relationship among the nuns is so like... There is sometimes conflict, but for the most part, they're all rooting for each other. And you get that relationship with Bang's nun <laughs> and and Dolores, where she brings that cute little daisy clock. You're like, oh, she's yeah. so weird. So weird. <laughs> she's so weird. But she looks she, like she's in her 20s, but maybe she's actually 14. <laughs> she could be 14 or 40, and you're yeah, like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Well, when she brought the clock was when I was like, mm, who is <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that uh, Dolores was very 
very patient with her. Very, <laughs> I was very like, patient if an adult indeed. woman brings you a daisy, what, how do you react? <laughs> I read this whole article and I, oh, I should, I should pull it up because I don't remember what it was called or the source. So, you know, really we'll, good we'll journalism came. Footnotes. Um, but it's shipping Dolores and Mary Robert and how they have a lesbian relationship. And wow. it's, it's like a coded lesbian relationship throughout the okay. movie. Um, some convincing points were made. Listen, I'm I'm down. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. And she and she saves Mary Robert, and then Mary Robert runs back to the convent, and she's like, "Dolores is my best friend. We have to go to Reno." And everyone is like, "Yes." yes. There's like no discussion. Oh I love that scene where they Catholic guilt, guilt the, the helicopter pilot. <laughs> it's so good, it's so funny. It's, oh, it's also great. funny to me. I felt like the level of religiosity. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people wouldn't shoot a nun, the fact that like a, a helicopter pilot would be unable to resist the, I know. the advances of nuns guilting him, like it was so taken for granted. Mm -hmm. Do you think if that was a plot twist now that everyone would be like, yes, that works? I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like if I was faced with an aggressive nun, I would probably do what she said. But I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I, I agree. I feel like this movie i mean first of all is a great propaganda film for the catholic church totally. makes it look like a blast i mean it is a blast uh, <laughs> there are no problems the, i mean i've never seen one there i mean just like bury your spotlight dvd or whatever um but but yeah it, it comes out with yeah like the assumption that the entire city of san francisco is catholic and <laughs> suffering from deep catholic guilt and they will they will die for a nun at the drop of the hat which is, I don't know. I mean, there there are some, and none of them particularly, like, I don't think they're really, like, quote, unquote, problematic. I just think that they do feel very of their time. Like, assuming that everyone is religious mm -hmm. and easily manipulated by religious figures, <laughs> the kind of world with no race that this movie is written in that I feel like is kind of a hallmark of the 90s where it's just basically any character in this movie could be played by anyone of any race mm -hmm. and that topic is just kind of just not addressed in this particular movie um although I will say that one of the things about Maggie Smith's character she's like the nuns aren't allowed to go outside it's too dangerous and right. then when you finally get shots of the neighborhood this quote dangerous neighborhood it's predominantly black so it's like okay well you're that's Maggie that's racist some, Maggie Smith is racist is what we're saying god damn it didn't um, pick up on Maggie Smith is racist yeah so yeah that could have been avoided yes um the other thing that I I my little you know uh, ding went off uh, mm. the word hooker gets repeated a couple times very 90s very yeah. 90s language uh, but um, other than that, yeah, there there was, and then the like, don't don't consume porn. You know, porn it's has a its religious problems. movie. Yes, that like goes with the like very Catholic. Because mm -hmm. I feel like this was a movie that church groups could go to. Yeah, and so, yeah. but also like I grew up completely secular, and I movies with religious components often don't appeal to me, or you know, I, I'm not drawn to them necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt like this movie was also weirdly secular enough that i was like yeah. i can get on board with this this is fun i'm having a great time plus yeah. the great music 
music is so good. The music is so good. I will have to. I have to say that when they were singing the first reproduced song, reproduced yeah. under uh, Whoopi Goldberg's yeah. you know, production. What a fun! What a fun! Yeah, <laughs> and then they're it. doing the hymn, and then they break into the more the clapping and the rhythmic mm-hmm. uh, portions, and then people just start walking in off the streets. The 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 youth, the, the, yo- the youngs, the youngs like came in. Uh, but I will say, at that moment, I don't know whether I'm particularly emotional right now or what. But I was like, oh, no, <laughs> music does unite all. <laughs> it was it was oh man, I was so ready to cry for that moment because it's yeah you see the youth outside and they're like what's that beautiful music oh what's that that's the church I'm like oh I'm getting propaganda I love it I love it so much there was I mean I was like maybe I'll go back to church and then I was like no wait hold on um but it works man at the church where we do the the shower program Mm -hmm. in Silver Lake Silver Lake Community Church they have beautiful music it's like folk music and it's just gorgeous yeah yeah, I've That's taken so my cool. kids there a couple of times. I mean, we're not, I wasn't raised Christian. Mm-hmm. We're not deeply, you know, I don't mm-hmm. practice any particular religion deeply right now. But yeah, it's just so beautiful yeah. and lovely to be in the presence of music with all these other people. I mean, I guess that's going to a concert, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's, I don't know. But it's also spiritually, con- you know, it's connected to and, a higher. Yeah. It's, and their music is what brings the Pope in. He's like, I've heard about your great choir. Mm-hmm. Why don't oh. we come on down? I really like that scene where where Dolores, you know, where Maggie Smith is about to say, you know, we can't sing again. Just like the nuns are so game for whatever. When there's like that vote where Maggie Smith's like, should we do boring music or fun music? And all the nuns are like, fun music. And Maggie's like, okay. (laughs) And then she like almost resigns because, again, she's like feeling kind of inadequate and overruled. But then it's like, no, I do. I have to stay. Everyone has like a nice little arc. You yeah. also have that relationship that I really like between Dolores and Sister Mary Lazarus, who had been the head of the choir. She's the choir. Oh, the one. Yeah, the and, 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 yeah. and right at the very beginning of their interactions, she's like, I see what's happening. You got brought in as a ringer. You're trying to replace me. But then when she sees that Whoopi is like, knows what she's doing. She knows music. She knows where to position the people. She knows what notes or what notes. And she's like, oh, I'm going to step down. You're clearly better at this. Um, and there's, I feel like that could have been in, in a lesser movie. They would have tried to like pit those women against each other and just like had her be like, no, 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 this is my thing. Mm-hmm. But she, she like, she's like, no, you have the skills. This is your background. And then they become friends. They become friends. friendly. And they, yeah. like, they eat ice, ice, cream ice cream together. I love when they eat ice cream. <laughs> that's a, that was a very nice scene. There was a, some confusion around time for me in the movie. Ooh, interesting. Because, you know, they we when we first see the church, it's under construction. They have all mm. the scaffolding there. And, right. you know, and then the implication is that by increasing people who are coming into the church, mm-hmm. people are passing the hat and putting in more money. Right. They're right. able to finish the repairs uh-huh. at the church. But that would take a long time. It would take a long time. <laughs> how I guess it comes down to those montages of like, how much ground are we covering? Because there's like a few long montages of like nuns doing various, various things. things. But there's the a, whole time that they were months? supposed to wait for the court date was two months. Yeah, and then at most. At, right. Yeah. And then, and then the lieutenant calls her and says, I got it speeded up. Yeah. So it so a she, month? I in mean, a month, maybe. they were able to increase attendance at the church enough to raise 
$10,000 or more <laughs> to hire a contractor, finish the repairs enough right. so that the Pope could come in and be totally impressed. And I mean. win over the youth of all of San Francisco. <laughs> They've they, saved them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They t- I mean, Dolores, she's a, she's a quick operator. She really solved Catholicism. <laughs> and in the beginning, it was also interesting because she was like a failed lounge singer. But right. And right. incredibly successful. None? Sometimes you None. just have to find yeah. your calling. Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, that's it's the call. That's, yeah, the, that was yeah. that's beautiful. I'm beautiful connection. Oh, oh no, I think I have more buried religious issues than I realized. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of other. I mean, oh, oh, something I did want to bring up. So we bring this up a lot on the show, but usually um, I wouldn't even say that this movie is marketed specifically at women. I think that it's kind of a general movie. Whoopi Goldberg is such a huge star Mm -hmm. at this time. This movie was hugely successful. Um, It had a $31 million budget and it made $231 million at the box office. So like the movie was, it seems like everyone was seeing it. But we do find, especially when um, the film critic pool was less diverse, that movies that are directed at general audiences and then usually specifically women or people who are not, whatever, the, the white male critic, don't get as good a review. Somehow this movie only has 72% on Rotten Tomatoes, what? which hurts my feelings. I'm like, how does it not have... A hundred percent. And we have, I have, I found a quote from our noted enemy, Roger Ebert, sure. who always has the dumbest takes in spite of being <laughs> the most famous film critic of all time. Here's what he had to say about Sister Act. I found to be very confusing. He said, this movie is a little bit low key and contemplative and a little too thoughtful, which I didn't like. I was like, what? He didn't like that the movie was thinking about things. <laughs> it's like, no, hold on. There's a point to all this. So Roger. that's, you know, so don't, with the point being, don't always trust Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Some of the yeah. old guys weighing in are. But I would even take issue with the characterization of the movie as too thoughtful. Right. I'm like, it's a romp. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> just immediate music. It's a, it's a musical. Yeah. Right. With, right. with multiple musical montages. <laughs> right. All of which rule. I don't know. Roger Ebert, I don't I don't know what was going on with him, but he was not he he didn't seem to be he didn't like fun. He d- he seemed to not like fun. Yeah, Every you get the vibe from all of his reviews of like, why wasn't this taxi driver? I'm <laughs> like if it's not taxi driver, two stars. He's like, um, now and then wasn't exactly like stand by me because oh, there's the other girls one instead. Ugh. Stand by me for girls? zero stars (laughs) um so anyways just another reflection on the state of film criticism at this time yes yes uh did you have any other stuff that's kind of it i have surprisingly i really don't have much of a bad word to say about this movie i know i have to say that i'm so grateful that as part of my campaign duties (laughs) (laughs) i had to rewatch sister act (laughs) And if only, it should be a job qualification yeah, for everyone. Right. It was such a pleasure because there's so much to do right now. Yeah. I, but I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I will I, set aside time I, for Sister Act. I need to watch Sister Act. <laughs> Don't disturb me. I'm rewatching Sister Act. <laughs> oh, that makes me so yeah, happy. sometimes my mom will call me and I'm like, uh, sorry, I, I've got too much work to do right now. I have to go watch The Social Network. Um, <laughs> I understand why my parents don't think this is a real, a real job. job. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But I'm a worker. Yes. 
Um, and you have rights. I have, <laughs> yes. have rights. We need a, a, a podcast union. We need to unionize. Honestly, <laughs> we should. Does this movie pass the Vectal test? Oh, tons. I think almost more than any movie we've ever covered. <laughs> this There's whole scenes yeah. that pass the Bechdel test. Um, I believe that the scene where Sister Mary Robert brings in the weird Daisy, besides mentioning her brother one time, right. that entire scene passes the Bechdel test, which yeah. is like virtually unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I was like so... Besides impressed. the Pope, do the nuns even talk about another man? Not really. I mean, oh, I guess the Pope that... or God or Jesus. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Most of the male characters are, are unseen because True. they're Jesus and God. So I, <laughs> I, go. also, I do like how, okay, so there's one scene, there's a few scenes where the priest is present. Yes. I do like how kind of generally sidelined he is. But there is that one scene where like, and I don't necessarily know entirely how to feel about this, but there's a scene between... Um, the Reverend Mother or Mother Reverend, I don't know which Maggie one Smith. it is. Maggie, Maggie Smith, Smith and Dolores, and um, she's yelling at Dolores for this is pop music, this is secular music, mm-hmm. uh, and then the priest comes in. He's like, "No, I'm going to undermine your authority here and be like, oh. hey, we but should." But he was on Dolores's side. <laughs> I thought that he just like for me kind of was on board with the nun hive mind of like we love Whoopi Goldberg we'll do whatever she says that's true so in that mm-hmm. I mean I see what you're saying yeah but I was like they should be singing fun music uh, yeah or why true. am I watching <laughs> um but yes yeah, so, yeah big, big uh many passes many passes between many combinations of characters uh, yeah. yeah. Usually if there's two women on screen talking to each other, it'll pass the Bechdel test at some point mm-hmm. in the conversation. And that's most of the scenes of the movie. So this movie is truly, it's the one feminist text. We've <laughs> we've found it. Yes, Sister it Act is. is our feminist text. It I is. love yeah. it. I was so happy. I mean, it's got Ugh. sister in the title. Yes. What do you expect? Yes. I'm so excited that we covered this movie today. It really made me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's rate it. Yes. Rate it on our nipple scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a scale of zero to five nipples mm-hmm. uh, in which mm-hmm. we uh, rate it based on its representation and treatment of women. I'm going to go with a solid like four and a half. Yeah, I think I, so. there's just a few of those little like 90s jokes and like, you know, uses of certain words and, the, the, you know, like black neighborhood equals dangerous neighborhood. Right. But it was far less problematic than I would have expected of a movie from the early 90s. You go and just that it's, it's about you did it. It's a movie about a woman being accepted into this sisterhood. And mm. and even though she's like. <laughs> at the beginning she's like i don't like this all the nuns are still like but you're so great and you're so good at being a nun and we like you so much everyone um, in this movie is so accepting of each other very, so quick very supportive yeah and it, the one female relationship where there is tension is contextualized and like everyone comes around by the end mm-hmm. so yeah it's just it's a beautiful story about sisterhood and we need more of them so mm-hmm. i would give this four and a half nipples Yay. uh and uh, one to too. Whoopi, one to Maggie Smith, one to her bangs, the bangs of bangs none. Bangs none. And uh, I'll give uh, one to Kathy Najimi, and I'll give uh, one to Lieutenant Souther. Love it. Yeah. I'm going to do four and a half, too. I think that this this movie just made me so happy, and no movies hold up, and this movie, like, 97% holds <laughs> up, which never happens. It's so... I just love how there were so many opportunities for the writing to kind of 
turn women against each other, but it really never takes that option. Mm-hmm. And like the the sisters are on board the whole time. They're there to support each other. Even when there's a reveal of like Dolores isn't who she says she is, they're like, who cares? She was kidnapped. We're going to Reno. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's so, oh, I just am like, I'm getting emotional. Um, <laughs> there, I mean, there, there's very low um, representation of women behind the camera here, which is like something to just be aware of. There's one credited female producer, but it's you know directed, written by, edited, cinematography, the whole bit yeah. is kind of men across the board. Just mm-hmm. something that we try to be aware of. But the story itself and the actors that are there, it's just it's just the best. So four and a half, two to Whoopi, one to Maggie. One to Kathy and a half to Banks. Yay. Yeah. I'm, you know, I probably not, because I haven't done this as much as you guys, but I'm going <laughs> to give it five nipples. Yay. Uh, and just oh, look at that disgusting glee. <laughs> we were like, yay. <laughs> just because, yeah, like I expected this to be, yeah, expected it not to hold up as well. Mm-hmm. And I was, yeah, I was so happy to be able to watch a movie like this. Mm-hmm. I was just so happy. Yeah, yeah, it gave me unadulterated joy. Do I have to assign the nipples to people? If you want, and follow your heart. I would, ju- I would, I would follow you in your assign <laughs> in your nipple assignments. Great, just spreading the nipples <laughs> yes. across the board. Yes. Plenty yes. of sisters, plenty of nipples. Mm-hmm. I'll give the Pope in one of my nipples. Ooh, okay, yeah. fair. Yeah, good for him. He didn't get any. One of you, thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you for having me. Tell us what you want to plug. Where can people find you on social media? Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, so I'm at Nithya for the city.com but if you use social media follow us on twitter nithya v ramen that's n-i-t-h-y-a and my last name is r-a-m-a-n not not quite like the noodle mm-hmm. <laughs> um but if you know if you just google nithya city council i'm the only nithya running for city council <laughs> imagine <think>. that yeah <laughs> um and uh, we're on instagram at nithya for the city as well and um definitely if you're in la please look me up come out to canvas um, we have a huge volunteer army that's knocking on every door in the district to try and get people excited about this election and mm-hmm. so cool. how they can expect change in the city. Um, yeah, so look me, look me up, come yes. out, come meet us. Uh, and when when's the election again? Oh yeah, March third, twenty twenty. Yes, yes. So come out and vote. Everyone better come out and out. vote. Yes, exactly. I'm sure everyone's going to be voting for the primaries. Yeah, uh, you should be. We yeah. will not stop bothering our listeners about it um yeah thank you so much for making the time and 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 carving sister act into your schedule yes <laughs> thank you for giving me the opportunity to carve sister act into my schedule anytime yes. <laughs> i'm very grateful thank you guys uh, where's yes, where's you. sisterhood right now yes yes. Um, yes this is the sisterhood of the traveling act <laughs> where's that move okay yeah uh you can follow us uh, all the normal places twitter instagram etc at bechtelcast you can go to our website bechtelcast.com for our show dates and and from merch, episodes, merch, our Patreon, aka Matreon, is $5 a month, two bonus episodes every month, plus the entire back catalog. And uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. Thank so, you so much, Nathia. Thank, yes, thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.